Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northwood Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for this evening. Well Hello, everybody. Got my Christmas shirt on. I was trying to hide the boiler with the uh, sweater, but I don't know if that worked out well. Did this use, oh, it's because it's too thick normally, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, like, is it? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not standing there. Uh, so, I, um, I'm kind of, ex- I don't know. Every Christmas, I don't the way I, the way I grew up, I get, I, uh, I used to get really, really nervous and really, really sad when I was a kid with Christmas because the way my Christmas was was nothing. Nothing but a disappointment for me. It was not because I wanted a new sweater or new shoes. It was, it was just sad. It was just sad. I wanted a moment where, as a kid, you hope you have a moment where everybody's home and you hear everybody at school going, oh, I can hardly wait. We're going to have Grandma and Grandpa over. We're going to have everybody over. And it sounds like it's just a, a feast of love at the table with everybody sharing the gravy and the mashed potatoes. And, and, and I remember... Christmas was nothing but a disappointment as a kid, to the point that, uh, I'm not kidding you, probably, I got two sons, for those of you who don't know, and uh, 22 and 19, it was probably about 10, 15 years ago where I finally stopped getting nauseous Christmas Eve, because my stomach would just get all knotted up, I mean, I've been married for a thousand years, but, and my wife, and since I met my wife, I've had nothing but fantastic Christmases, but and then, then when I had my kids, and then Christmas is just nuts, right? Because it's just like such cuteness and such lovey-dovey little kids. And <clears throat> now they're just big monsters. They're not so lovey-dovey anymore. And, and, but, but even still, even still, it's a considerably different, 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 uh, it's considerably different than what I had to endure as a kid. And I can remember every Christmas, usually it was alone because we'd open our gifts and then it was just, screaming and hollering what happened from my father and for those of you who don't know my father he didn't drink he was just a nasty human being and he was he got he was raised uh uh, uh he was raised by an, another highly abusive person and it just i guess you know rolled over him but i can remember christmases my majority of my christmases were alone wandering in the bushes just to get away from the mess and the scream and and uh, so, sorry, I didn't mean to bring everybody down. But what I'm trying to get at is it doesn't stay that way. It doesn't have to stay that way. And, and thankfully, for, thankful to Jesus, I can't tell you how thankful enough I am that my Christmases aren't like that. And, 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 and I can't tell you how much it fills my heart to see your faces in these benches, too, and to share with you gentlemen uh, uh, that it doesn't have to be that way that eventually the stomach ache stops. And like, I mean, throw up, stomach ache, just, and headaches, and, 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 and it, ha- it stops. It truly stops. And it stopped, it started to, 
when I met my wife, I, I, I gave my, myself to Jesus. I, I redid, redid. I actually, I got baptized at CLA. And, 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 uh, <laughs> and it was a, a huge moment for me. And I got to tell you, it's just Christmas has taken on a, who, a whole, whole new meaning and understanding. And, and for me, it's no longer, and for my children, it never was, but for, it's no longer a sad moment. It's a, and, and the story we're going to study today is, is the end of Jesus' life as opposed to tomorrow where we're going to be celebrating the birth of Jesus. And everything about Jesus, that, everything that we've done through Mark and everything that I've you know, that we learn through Jesus is, is that I'm amazed at, at just the humility of everything about Jesus. He was born in a manger where dogs are dogs, where, where you know, sheep and goats and all the animals are. There was nothing fancy. It was nothing like, uh, what's that, that ridiculous show? The Kardashians, where they got all the fancy stuff and the, and the little baby got some sort of, I think they're called Yeezy boots on and all the, everything's flashy about these kids and Jesus was not that, and nothing about Jesus. That's the part that I, 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 fully, I fully connect with. Nothing about him was flashy. He was just humble, and he came to us, and he came to us to be with us, to die for us. And, 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 and it wasn't to brag about that he was the father of, 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 of God, or sorry, the son of God, that he wasn't the son of, he, he just came here to say, I'm a humble servant. And everything about this cross is nothing to brag about. Everything about this cross that, that, that he was nailed there for was nothing to brag about. Everything about it was, is, is sad. And everything about it is because of us and the people before and the people forever after. So now that I've laid the groundwork for that, I know that's a little dramatic, but I, I, I just, I'm so thankful for, the, for, for tomorrow Christmas Eve, and thankful for for this 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 message. I really am, and and I you know what I, I'm looking at Dave nodding his head there, and I'm so thankful that uh, from years ago when David asked me to participate participate in this because I honestly love just writing my notes down, and I love sharing it with you guys and letting you know that this this that the sadness that I was carried with me everywhere I went, and 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 the upset stomach and just the emotions that. That they do leave, they do leave, and that, and that, and that, whatever we're using to get rid of that sadness, we know is no longer good, and it's this cross, is what fulfills the sadness and erases it. So, <clears throat> that being said, let's start at <clears throat> verse one. Oh shoot, I think I, my computer went screwy. I'm gonna. This is Matthew 15. I, you know what? I'm going to turn my back on you. I don't like doing that, but I'm going to do it. As soon as it was morning, the chief priest held a, a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him to Pilate. Pilate asked them, are you the king of Jews? The Jews? And he answered them, you have said so. And the chief priest accused them of many things. And Pilate asked him again, have you no answer to make? You see, Pilate was used to people begging and pleading, begging and pleading for, the, for mercy. And, he, and Jesus just, it just says, you said it. I, I, I'm not claiming you, you said it. And it, actually, I got my Bible here. I got the hard copy here. 
excuse me. And Pilate asked, aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges they are bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now it was the governor's custom each year during Passover, during Passover, a celebration to, le to release one prisoner, one, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at the time was Bar Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked to release the prisoner as usual. And so just so you know, uh, when they brought Jesus there, he could barely talk, too, because he had been beaten so bad. In, in Isaiah, it says he was unrecognizable. He was, it was hard to tell that he was even human because he had been battered so hard. And you'd expect somebody who'd already gone through this abuse, that would, please, God, or please, Pilate, I, no more. Give me no more. And he's, and, 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 excuse me. And Jesus is a cool, cute, as a cucumber. And, 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 and it says here, they bound him and led him away. And it, they're like, what the heck? He was already beaten and he was never proved. To be, he was never a violent person. He never swung out at anybody. He never raised a hand at anybody. And, and the, the religious leaders, they... they they came, at, they came at, at Pilate. They tried to work their way around Pilate to, to let him know that he was a bad guy. But Pilate, who was already in charge of the area, he knew who the bad apples were. He knew clearly that Jesus was not a bad apple. But the elders and priests tried to make Jesus an enemy of Rome by saying that he was conspiring to plot against the emperor. And, and, and he had everything. Oh, there she goes. <laughs> Miss Astrid, she's so stinking cute. And the, 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 it said, let me, I'm going to continue reading. It says, it, it said, oh, sorry, the crimes, the crimes that he said he was in, in Luke, it also says he was in, accused of inciting riots and, and telling people not to pay their taxes when exactly the opposite was. If you guys remember, Jesus says, look on the back of the coin, whose head's on there? And he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. They, they, brought, they, they brought all these all these charges, false charges, and it was just ridiculous. And, and Pilate could see through it all, though he was a scheming man himself. And so it says, would you release, would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews, Pilate asked, for he realized by now that the priests were leading an arrest of Jesus out of enemy, uh, envy, sorry. But at this point, the priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Even Pilate, why? But why? What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. And to pacify the crowd, Jesus, or sorry, Pilate released Barabbas to them. and He ordered Jesus flogged with, with, with a leaded a lead-tipped whip, and then turned him over to the Roman soldiers. And just so you understand, in different different translations in Luke and in, in, in other, but it talks about him being flogged. He's with a whip called a flagellum. And now this whip was a long wooden handle, and it had strips of leather. And on the ends of the strips of leather, there was pieces of glass, there was pieces of lead and steel and rock. And you can imagine. 
it's funny, I was just rat-tailing my son before we came here. He was trying to get him to do dishes, and I was whipping the, the uh, uh, dishcloth. <laughs> that hurts. And he knows it hurts, but it does, it just hurts. This, the long strips stuck into the body. When they came around, they hit, and they stuck, and they tore they tore at Jesus, and then they did it enough. To, excuse me, I'm ripping hot. And they, thank you. They, they they ripped when they did it. A lot of times, people died out of the shock, out of just being whipped, whipped to death before. And so, it's it was it was it's totally done to maximize the amount of damage and hurt to a human being, and then going on to. On to verse 16. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the gov- governor's headquarters called the pr- uh, Praetorium. I'm not very good with these words. And I got to speak tomorrow morning at Christmas Eve and some of the words. I'm like, I've screwed him up about twice already, David. So that may be why I'm a little jittery right now, too. And they called out the entire, they called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in purple, in a purple robe, and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it onto his head. Then they salute him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they, they struck him in the head with a reed stick and split and spit on him and dropped through their knees in mock worship. And when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off his purple robe and put his own clothes on him again and led him away to be crucified. So when they, for those of you who don't know, purple was considered a royal color and they were mocking him as being the King of the Jews. And... And in Matthew, it talks about the, the, the soldiers giving him a stick so for like his royal scepter. And that's what they whipped from him, and they hit him on the head with it. A passerby named Simon, who was from, uh, from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside. Just then, the soldiers forced him to carry, I never noticed this before, forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. And they, brought, and they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which meant place of the skull. They offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. And apparently this wine was like a, not a sedative, but like an, an, an anesthetic that tried to lessen the pain. And he refused. And for those of you who don't know, like when, they, when they carried the cross, apparently... It was just this top part that they carried through the streets, and, he, and it was anywhere from 75 to 125 pounds. And Jesus had just been whipped, and carrying anything 125 pounds, let alone, maybe unless you're the size of this kid here, but the other, other guys, it'd be easy, right? He'd been whipped. He'd been whipped, and he's carrying it, and inside, and then I, this is the part I never, I never caught this before, but forced him to carry. So it sounds like Simon wasn't willing or it wasn't, like, he wasn't keen on, I'd rather not. And I don't say as I blame him. I'd rather not be carrying it too. Because maybe he didn't know that that was the Jesus. That was our Lord and Savior that was carrying that piece of wood. Maybe he saw the guy carrying the piece of wood and thought, it's another criminal. Why am I going to help another criminal carry something that's due to him? So <clears throat> they forced him to carry it. When the soldiers nailed him to the cross, they divided his clothes and threw dice. To decide who would get each piece. The nine, uh, it was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him, and it read, 
the king of the Jews, two revolutionaries were cru crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. And it, just so you also get an understand, this is a part that just gives me the willies. And I, I did this maybe I think maybe a couple months ago. Studied on, uh, talked about this last time too. So when they nailed him, it went through his wrists. And then when they nailed his feet, they nailed it so his feet were a little bit bent. And you hang up there long enough, the only way for you to breathe, because you're hung up there, is to push on your legs so you can straighten out to get a breath. Now you're pulling on your hands, and now it's hurting your feet, and now you're breathing in down here. And now this was your breath as you're on the cross. It, every time, every time he had to take a breath, it was a, a massive ordeal. And, and, and it was common for people clearly just to die of straight blood loss alone. Or have, it says, I was reading more about it, and it said they've had heart attacks because of the massive stress that this cross did to a person. They said their heart would actually rupture or they would die of dehydration because, well, obviously, nobody's giving you water and you're bleeding to death. People passing by shouted abuse and shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you, look at you now. You, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild in three days. Well, save yourself and come down from the cross. Leading priests and teachers of religious law mocked Jesus. He saved others. He scoffed, or they scoffed. He couldn't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross and we will believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. And, and other translations, just one on each side, and the one man rebukes the other criminal for saying, come on, this is clearly, he is the, he is the Lord. And, and Jesus forgives the man who defends them and says, you, you will be in heaven. While he's up there dying... Up there, he takes compassion on the guy beside him in the cross. Which I, I, I don't know that I have that much compassion in my heart, as, other than maybe for my children. Oh, and my wife. Sorry, Emma, and my wife. You know what? I think I screwed up Christmas this year for my wife. Because I just remembered last week that it, it was Christmas. And I saw Larry and I yesterday were in the store shopping because I'm like, oh, no. And then I, one of the gifts I bought, my son already bought the exact same gift. So I'm showing everybody, everybody, hey, look what I got. And, and my son looks at me and he's just, he has no patience. He's my older one. And he's, and he's like, oh, Dad, you're such a dummy. I know he didn't say it, but the, eye, the look in his eyes are like, oh, this is not impressive, Dad. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So the, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. Then at 3 o'clock, Jesus called out, and I'm going to make this... Uh, I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to do my best. With a loud voice. Anybody know how to say this? L-O-I? L-O-I lemma. Okay, I'm not even going to say that word. Which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling to the prophet Elijah. And one of them ran with a sponge filled with sour wine and holding it up to him on a reed, <coughs> reed stick that he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see if, if the whether Elijah comes to take him down. Now this wine, I read too today that this wine was supposed to be refreshing. It wasn't like, or, 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 or it says wine, but it also says 
Oh, sour wines, like a vinegar. And apparently the Roman soldiers would drink it as something refreshing. I don't know how sour wine's refreshing, but times have changed. And, and, and it says, and that Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And in John 19, what he, he reveals what, what Jesus screamed out. He screamed out, it is finished. And it is finished. And in, in, in the Greek, the other, another translation is, it is paid in full. Meaning that everything that we ever did, and everything that we've ever said, everything that we ever thought, everything that, that we mulled over in our head and went, oh, I just was died on the cross for us and was washed away by the blood that he shed that day with that whip, with the nails, with, with the passing of a sinless human body. He paid it in full. No, 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 no works that we did. Nothing that I can go, oh, Steve did. You know, it's a good thing Steve was a good guy. Or it's a good thing Steve helped that, helped, helped that little lady cross the street or, or man cross the street. No, it had nothing to do with any of that. And the other thing that it had nothing to do with, it had nothing to do with, that, that, that's not held against you, is your past. The things that we did to survive, to stay above ground, to put food in our belly and just remain human beings. If we believe in this, the man who died on that cross, if we put faith in him, it is never held against us. It is forgiven. It is paid in full in every aspect. And then it says, when the Roman officer who stood there facing him and saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the son of God. Oh, sorry, I, I skipped the whole spot. I wanted to read to make sure you understood this too. After Jesus uttered his last word, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple between separating, separating people from God, the holy of holies, it was, and I got a description, it was a 60 foot tall curtain, 30 feet wide, and it said nine to 10 inches thick. Thick, thick. It was torn in two from top to bottom so that we were never separated from God again. That we could go on our knees and pray and say, Lord Jesus. That we could have an intimate relationship with him without having to worry about somebody, without having to, to, having to worry somebody to, 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 to be that sacrifice or something or somebody to, to go and talk to God on our behalf, that we can have a full relationship and talk to him specifically, and he listens. And here she comes. It's all right. And, and, and it, this is the part that, just, honestly, it blows me away when you think of it, because for those of you who don't know, there used to be the, the priest, I skipped, some of them stuck together. The priest would tie a rope around himself, and he had, in his robe, at the end of the robe, he had bells. And he'd get, okay, boys, I'm going into the Holy of Holies. I'm sure he didn't say it as irreverent as me, but he'd, they'd put a rope around him, and, they'd, and he'd walk in there. And I can't imagine the fear. Like, maybe you didn't divulge everything, or maybe you're hoping that you did everything right, but he goes behind that curtain, and then he does. I, truly, I can't remember what you're supposed to do, but he did everything he was supposed to do, and if he didn't, poof, he's dead. And then they got to yank him by the rope because he couldn't go past the Holy of Holies, and they'd yank this guy out. 
Hopefully they didn't do it too often, but that was the purpose of the rope of retrieving this priest. And, and we don't need to worry about that because the cross, it says, going to, I'm going to continue on to uh, jump ahead to uh, 42. All this happened on a Friday, the day of preparation and the day before the Sabbath. As the evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took the risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus Jesus' body. So now the risk is this. For those of you who don't understand, the risk is normally a person was left on that cross to be made an example of. They were left on that cross to decompose and be picked apart by animals. And so Joseph was, was an honored member of the high council and he was waiting for the kingdom uh, uh, and was waiting for the kingdom of, of, of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called for the Roman officer and asked, had he died yet? And the Roman officer, uh, sorry, the officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. Pilate told Joseph that he could have the body. Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth, and then he took Jesus' body down from the cross and wrapped it in the cloth and laid it in the tomb that had been carved out of rock. Then he rolled the stone in front of the entrance, and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. Now, this is I, I kind of, I don't know, I know this is a horrible thing to laugh at, but it, it was the, I'm doing my message, and I found a study, and, and, and these tombs, it was, wasn't, they weren't cheap, because it said it was carved out of stone, and, and, and so Joseph had had this tomb carved for him or some member of his family, and he's like, I'm giving this to Jesus. But I, I was thinking about, well, he only needed it for three days, but Jesus didn't, but Joseph didn't know that. After three days, he's like, it's empty, and now, I, now he's got his, got his tomb back. But it, it, I started thinking about this, and I can't, oh, if the band wants to come up, I, uh, I'm just trying to articulate this the proper way. I keep thinking about this, this, this. We come here every Sunday, men and men, men, ladies and gentlemen, and we come here every, sorry, every Saturday. And, and, I, and I know we all, some of us are struggling with, with addictions and some of us are struggling with a family past. And some of us are just struggling just because that's the way life is. We struggle. And, and, and the, 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 if we have an ounce of breath left in us, if we have an ounce of, if we can say the word amen, we can reach out to Jesus and do life-changing work within ourselves. It, not all is lost. And I remember laying down when I was a young man thinking all was lost. All was lost. And, and there's, there's going to be a point. There's going to be a point where one day we just, enough is enough. And you reach out to Jesus. And with that, I'll continue. So I was watching this video, and I was going to actually I was going to put it up here. I thought, you know what, it's a little it's a it's a little rough to watch. But this guy was a Navy SEAL, and he was talking about uh, he was talking about when people would come to 
come to him with problems, you'd say, it's good. It's good. Good. It's an opportunity. And I just want to change it a little bit. That if it, I not on, under any circumstances am I going to say it's good that what we're going through, what some of us are going through, or what we have gone through. But it is good that we have a Jesus. It is good that we have a Jesus that can, and 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 and, and we have a loving God that that can actually change our heart and change our future and change our our relationships it can change us for for it can change marriages it can change families because at my family no one is going to be abused anymore it is stopped at my at, at me because of god because of jesus it has stopped and i can't think we're coming to the end of the year and i'm not remotely the kind of guy that does uh, uh what do you call those new year's thank you sharp the new year's resolutions i think they're hooey because like i'm gonna ride a bike for another for this year and get in shape this year well clearly i'm not but the, what i'm getting at is relationships do things that are gonna matter this year do things that are gonna matter tonight the things that are gonna matter for the the next for forever for literally, literally forever. A relationship with Jesus is a forever change. Forever, never, never. And forever is that, that way and that way. They never meet. It's forever gone. They can't, it's, it's, and, and I can't, I can't stress enough how important it is and how life-changing it is and how, and how much I don't want another child or another brother to go through what we've gone through how i don't ever want my children to ever have to worry about 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 being abused or being hurt or worried about substances i don't want anybody that's attached to you or anybody sitting in this in these chairs that it stops today and that it can stop forever you can stop forever and ever and the hurt can stop forever and ever. I'll be completely honest. This, the hurt is, I still remember things. But the hurt isn't there because I understand that wasn't who I was and who I am. What I am is a child of God who is loved. And I have a future. And I was able to have a future because of God. Sorry, I don't want to poke in your mouth. Because of God, I have a future. And I just want to take a moment before all heads bowed. On this day before Christmas Eve, we celebrate baby Jesus. <laughs> I think about that in the movies all the time, baby Jesus. But importantly, if it wasn't for the cross that he rose from the grave that we're going to learn later, if it wasn't for the cross that he rose up from the third day, this would be for nothing. And that we... If there's somebody here who's never had a relationship with Jesus but would like to, Raise your hand. If there's somebody here who's never, who wants to re reestablish a relationship, thank you, Bill, I see your hands. Reestablish a relationship with Jesus, raise your hand. Thank you. And I just thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for hands going up everywhere. You can put your hands down, gentlemen. Lord Jesus, oh, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you so much I, for the 
for the honor of sharing your word and, 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 and seeing each and every face here every Saturday, Lord Jesus. And the changes that you do and the miracles that are actually sitting in this room right now, Lord Jesus. You, are, you have repaired families. You have repaired men and women. You have repaired me. I thank you right now, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. And I pray that the Holy Spirit, I pray that the Holy Spirit is what everybody here goes by when they leave. And that should they, that they listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is their guide and their compass for the rest of their life, for a life-changing, a life-changing direction. In your precious name, Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Saturday Night Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry, or if you want to talk to somebody about what you heard on this podcast, please email us at snl at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed. Thank you.